Hold on, hold on. Let me hit the air horn. We're stepping it up, bro. We got voice effects. I know, dude. You've changed since the last time we talked. <laughs> yes. We are here. Run it back, nation. What is good? It is I, DJ Eastwood, run it back, Philly. No frauds, no fanboys. That was not an intro. I was simply a figment of your imagination. We got Greg Melly in the building. I'm sorry. My apologies. Sixers, Greg is in the building on what appears to be the dial-up internet, but it's it's we're going to get it done. Yeah, what is that? Is that on my end there? No, I think it's mine. I don't know. Who knows, man? I don't know, dude. Nothing ever works right when I try to do it. No, let me just cancel every tab I've ever had open. All right, let's get after this, huh? It's all good, man. It's all good. We're going to get it done. Uh, 95 people in here. Everybody hit the like button, please. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, I was away from talking NBA basketball Sixers nonsense for a couple days. So uh, there's some stuff to cover. Um, and this is brought to you by Factor Meals. Don't forget, go to factormeals.com slash runitback50 for 50% off your first box. Freshly prepared meals delivered to your doorstep for as little as $11 a meal. Can't say no to that. How could you say no? Plus, if you, you know, uh, order through the link, I I get paid. So why not? Uh, yeah, Greg, what you been up to, man? A lot of comedy, man. Nice. Been after it. Yeah, we'll see. You know, stand up comedy in New York City. Our very own Sixers, Greg, is out here grinding. Sixers can't make me happy, so I might as well make myself happy. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I love it, man. I love it. Um. So you haven't talked Sixers for how many months? Might be a year. I don't know the last time I've done this. It's been a while, dude. <laughs> a year? No, it's I th- been close. I think we had one in the in the midway through the season. There we go. Maybe around since the trade deadline, something like that. Yeah, since the last time I've seen you. Yeah, and the reason you stopped talking Sixers was. It's just redundant, man. You know, like I'm, it's like an abusive relationship that you just keep on going back to because you like have hope in them making you feel good. But, you know, deep down, you just gotta, you gotta love yourself first, guys. You gotta love yourself. And this past year was me learning how to love myself. Yeah. And if the, when the Sixers do the same thing to you every single season, right, you, you take some time off to get yourself back. And then they make a change that is kind of an I don't even know what to compare it to. It's very simple. Like it's like the the easiest you know, I don't know, man. Like an abusive relationship will go that route. Like uh, you know, the guy and the girl doesn't trust the guy anymore and and then he buys a new house. And he's like, "Look." That's Nick Nurse. And he's like, "Look, I I got a new house now. There's a jacuzzi tub in the bathroom. I won't abuse you anymore." And we're right. back. It's a good start. It worked on me, DJ. It's <laughs> clearly worked with me. Oh, I don't know how I feel. So there there was just a tweet that I replied to, actually, just a couple minutes ago that uh, said, 
you know, because the James Harden thing, and now because Bradley Beal got traded and Damian Lillard hates himself and is just going to stay in Portland forever, apparently, or I don't know. We'll get into that too. But uh, it, the tweet was, if the Sixers run it back with Harden and Bead, Maxi and Tobias Harris, uh, how how excited are you for this upcoming season on a scale of one to ten if they run it back? A zero. I literally said a zero, and people thought I was joking. Why? Why would we have any hope that anything would change? That's absurd. Yeah, and I think this. I think like ownership. You know, I don't want to be ultra negative, but it might be a couple months into the season, and we're and and we're gonna be like, dude, you didn't. This this was this clearly wasn't enough. You tried to put makeup on a pig, one more time. Uh, but you know. Hopefully it's different. Hopefully Nick Nurse is that much different. I guess I'll get your opinion on him off the right off the bat. What what's your opinion on the Nick Nurse situation? And did did going from Doc Rivers to Nick Nurse really change this much? If they don't change the roster basically at all, did did Nick is the Nick Nurse change like enough to So you know, we almost got past the Celtics in the second round. Like, okay, but that's because the Celtics were being frauds too. Uh I guess if you like f- trip and fall into the NBA finals does that you know and, and then you get there and you know you didn't have a real chance against the deepest team in the NBA or you know the not that the Miami Heat really had a chance against them either I don't know I didn't really feel good about the Sixers the whole season and just the fact that they almost beat the Celtics because the Celtics almost lost to the Hawks I don't know I just I guess the whole East was weak and I just wasn't that impressed. People are saying things like, this is the best the Sixers have been for so long because they almost beat the Celtics, but you're, you're leaving out so much context. There was so much wrong with the team last season. I guess, does Nick Nurse get you past the Celtics in, like, if we had Nick Nurse, you know, this this offseason instead of Doc, do we get past the Celtics? And does it, like, does it change the team that much with the same roster? I think, yeah, in a weird sense. I think at least in, in what we saw in this playoff, series against the Celtics I think Nick Nurse is exactly what we needed and what I wish we had from the jump and like I I think Nick Nurse is the best and only hiring that I would have been happy with uh for a lot of reasons one I just see it as like I I think Nurse is the guy that's going to be able to take Joel Embiid to the next level you know for a couple of reasons like obviously dude he's the best coach that can go up against Embiid like the Raptors have given Embiid more issues and more problems and more like game plans than anyone that we've seen. It's always been a struggle bus against the Raptors. And now that we have a guy who shuts down Embiid, coaching Embiid, he's going to be able to at least give, you know, more options for Embiid on how to beat exactly how he knows to beat him. Like that's what you do, you know? Like if you can't beat a guy, you bring him onto your team and he helps you beat you know, multiple game plans that have all been basically originated by Nick Nurse. I think Nick Nurse is an incredible coach. I think he's a top three coach in the NBA, maybe top five. Um, But, I mean, the way those Raptors teams played, just a bunch of scrappy dudes, and they were really, really hard to beat every single night. And I think a lot of that goes into coaching. And I think if Nick Nurse can, you know, really, really have that defense first set mentality, he's going to make the taller wing players 
Um, I think Paul Reed, if he comes back, and Jalen McDaniels, if he comes back, are both going to have you know career years under Nick Nurse because Nick Nurse is the perfect coach for those type of dudes, and that's what we need. You know, like the Sixers have a lot of holes, but I think they they filled one with the the Nick Nurse hiring. I mean, it's a, dude, talk about a massive upgrade. Doc Rivers is the worst. He came to game plan <laughs> to save his life. He's the reason. I really think that we lost against the Celtics. I mean, don't get me wrong, Harden and Embiid game seven was arguably the most embarrassing performance I've seen from the Sixers in my lifetime. But we're not getting there because game six is a win with Nick Nurse. We're, I mean, dude, five yeah. minutes left, we're up by four. I mean, come on now. And Embiid didn't touch the ball the last four minutes. And yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah part I of that's a lot right. of that is on Embiid. Yeah. A lot of it is on Embiid, and we shouldn't like discredit that. But so much of it, too, is like, what are you doing, Doc? You know? <laughs> What what do we what's the game plan here? It's funny the interview that he did like last week. It was still the same, like him sitting there talking about a team, in the kind of in the perspective of some guy in the in the in the upper deck, like in the two hundred level. Like yeah, they looked flat, and then they did this, and then they, he always talked about it like he wasn't the coach. And it's like, dude, at what point do you realize you're? You're the guy, and he'd be like, "Yeah, you know, we, you know, Joel should have touched the ball there in the last, you know, a couple of minutes, and he just didn't." And uh, we <laughs> go run yeah. out on the floor, call a play. I don't understand, man. It can't be that hard to get a seven foot two center the basketball. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. Doc made a lot of really good points in that interview. I think he had a good interview, and I think most of the shit he was saying, I could support it. But we can't forget that Doc Rivers is like known for taking the least amount of accountability as anyone I've ever seen. There's always other exterior issues with the team. There's always somebody couldn't do something. This couldn't happen. That didn't happen. Blah 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 blah. Bro, you're the literal coach for the team. He said he wished. I, I just. He said he I, wished he had James Harden younger. Like what? Yeah. Like I just. Don't we could, all? Yeah, I wish he could just take a little bit of accountability. That's all I really wanted from him. I wanted him to just show a little bit of growth, but I mean, that's on me for expecting a 65-year-old dude who won one championship 39 <laughs> years ago to take any accountability, bro. He drives I don't me think insane. he's I don't think in the history of his coaching career he has said this was this one was on me. No. <laughs> Never. Never. Never, dude. Never. And at least uh, the Sixers may not be a championship team next year, but we don't have to sit and watch yes. Doc Rivers in post-game interviews talk about whatever the hell he talks about. He's brutal, dude. I mean, honestly, looking back on him and Ben Simmons on the same on the same organization was so bad. Two of two two real sociopaths in the same room, blaming other yeah. people, and then eventually blaming each other. <laughs> yeah, and then. Now neither of them are here, which is sick, but, you know, sweet. Yeah. So I think Nick Nurse's main thing for me is that, you know, and he talked about it in that one interview, uh, is, yeah, like having a plan B and a plan C. And he was like, we know James isn't going to score 40 every night. What are we going to do when he's, you know, he didn't say it, but I'll fill in the blank, shooting 16 for 68, the other five games of 17 turnovers and a minus 63. You know what I mean? What What is your plan B? And – I think obviously plan B is Tyrese Maxey, but Doc Rivers never had a plan for Tyrese Maxey. It was just Harden ball and bead ball. And then when both of them don't show up, here's the ball, Tyrese, with three seconds left on the shot clock. Good luck. And it's amazing. Right. It's amazing, actually, that he scored the the way that he did last year with really no real game plan set for him. So, 
I think I think I th- Nick Nurse is is uh is going to be great for Tyrese Maxey also. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Harden's great for Tyrese. Like as much as I don't like James Harden, the difference, uh, the the different styles of how those two play basketball together, it it allows Maxey to utilize his strengths to like the best of his ability. Like the way Harden can lull a defender to sleep or just make it look like he's going to go ISO and then give it to Maxey, who is the quickest dude off the off the catch and first step than anybody in the league. It's a good duo right there offensively. But one thing that annoyed me about all of Doc Rivers is like Doc said, like Tyrese can't be the point guard in that interview. Basically, he was saying how, you know, he's a really good dude off the catch and he's a good yeah. combo guard, but he can't be a point guard. And and I, I think if anybody can get Tyrese to be a point guard, it's a creative, innovative coach like Doc, uh, Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse is just he's not going to settle for, oh, this dude can't do something. Right. He's going to be like, let's find sets and let's find ways to uh, help this dude grow, you know, because without Ben Simmons and that whole thing going on, Tyrese is not who he is today, at least at this level already. And so anything that Tyrese Maxey has turned into is not thanks to Doc Rivers. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's lucky. Yeah, Doc just got lucky. Doc got really, really lucky. He did. And it, it sucks because this could go into, you know, history of like, oh, Doc Rivers turned in another point guard into like an like a an overperforming guy, like the Rondo thing and like now this. But I'm like, it's not because of him. It's because of Ben Simmons quit. Yeah. Yeah, that is what happened. Yeah. I think uh, I think Tyrese Maxey can be a point guard. I do. I, there's part of me that I mean, I know that he has to develop certain things. I don't think he's there yet. He's obviously not there yet. Uh, but you saw flashes of it last season with him running a pick with a two-man game with Joel Embiid, drawing the defense in and then kicking it back over his shoulder to Embiid at the three-point line and and things like that. And it's just something that I think he has to work on and he's going to work on. He, he, you know, he came into the league and he, he was shooting 29% from three in college. Automatically, boom, he's 42% uh, his second year. Shot 30% his rookie year in the NBA and then was 42% his, his second year. So... He was like, I need to be a better three-point shooter. I'm going to go be a better three-point shooter. And he woke up every day and he shot 10,000 three-pointers, and that's exactly how he did it. I think he understands, you know, he has the work ethic of, like, uh, a Jalen Hurts, I guess I can compare him to. Like, he understands, like, there's no magic about anything, really. Like, I'm just going to get up and do the work, and the work will show itself. And that's exactly what it is. That's what shooting is. That's why a player like Sean Marion could have the ugliest jump shot form in the history of the game and could still shoot high 30% from three because he just shot it a million times. So that's what Maxie right. did. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel weird with Tyrese. I don't. I don't feel like he can't improve as a playmaker. He's done everything else, dude. He's done. He. I mean, he's made every jump that he's needed to make every single season. He's shown that he can be a guy that we can count on every single season. I mean, there's no reason that he can't improve on playmaking, which is really just playing the game more. It's just court vision. It's just understanding defenses and there's no reason that all of that's not going to just fall into place for Tyrese. I would be shocked to see if he doesn't improve as a playmaker next year. I mean, especially if Harden doesn't come back, who knows what that is. I'm sure we'll talk about it, but Maxie's going to have more on his shoulders next year, regardless yeah. if Harden is back or not. Yeah. I don't like, there's an element to play in point guard that is like a natural ability, right? Like kind of just this quarterback mindset or leader mindset or whatever it is. But people make it sound like it's impossible to become a point guard. They make it sound like it's impossible to just learn how to play point guard. Just like run the drills 
understand where everyone is on the floor, understand where everyone's supposed to be and do, you know, do it enough times to where you know when to make the decision around the pick and roll. Do I get to my mid-range jump shot? Do Is the defense coming in? Do I kick it out to the three? Do I drop it down to the center rolling? Did he pick and pop? Like, I just don't think it's as complicated as people make it sound, and I don't think it's impossible for Tyrese Maxey yeah. to be a point guard. No, and I also don't think a traditional point guard of what we're talking about is even that common anymore. Right. Like, I mean, Jamal Murray just won a championship, and he was he's you know a better version of Tyrese Maxey. They're score-first guys who can score off the dribble, off the catch, and, and are uber athletes. Like I, I mean, you need people around you that's gonna you know be gravitational forces on offense, and like that's what Jokic was, and that's what Embiid is. But he just needs to be smarter with it. And I mean, Maxi Maxi's gonna be fine. He's the only thing I'm literally not worried about in the Sixers organization right now. Speaking of that, do you think Nick Nurse gets more out of Joel Embiid as a playmaker? Like, I, I know, obviously, he's not going to turn into Nikola Jokic. I mean, that guy just has a, a, a facilitating ability that's probably never been seen before. Definitely, I think I could say definitely never been seen before at, at his size. Uh, just the way that he reads the floor and passes the ball and anticipates it and is a step ahead of the defense all the time. Um. But do you think there's is is that like the one thing you think Joel Embiid needs to improve on, and do you think he can improve on it? I feel like my answer to that would be, I hope so, because I feel like we've been saying the same thing every off season. Like all Joel Embiid needs to work on is passing out of the double team. <laughs> it's like every year we say that, and I don't know if Doc Rivers helped that or hurt that or the lack of practice, the plantar fasciitis in the offseason, the sprained ankle last year, the the constant injuries. Uh, it's already kind of been known that Joel Embiid doesn't really practice. He rehabs until the next game. So maybe that's why we've never really seen Joel kind of develop anything outside of what he's already – He's just, I guess he was so good, you know, when he came into the league that he's just that good. And he kind of got better over playing at the things that he's good at. But I would say really – we haven't really seen Joel Embiid develop anything kind of that he didn't have when he first came in. He just got better at the things he was good at. I think he really needs to develop as a playmaker. And again, he's not going to be a Nikola Jokic playmaker, but at least not like, you know, 10 turnovers in a game seven or whatever it was. And we saw it all the way in you know, 2019. They had Joel and JJ Redick running a pick and roll in game seven, two turnovers back to back in the, in the, like you gotta, if you're gonna run the game through Joel, you gotta be able to trust him with the ball in his hands. Or maybe does yeah. does Nick Nurse maybe make him more of a part of an offense and not the entire nucleus? You know what I mean? Well, that's it. That's it. I I am. I don't know what to expect because a coach can only do so much when he's controlling egos, especially an ego that just won an NBA MVP. Um, but I would expect that MB doesn't. It's not. As, well, we're, we're not going to watch an offense that we're used to watching as much, I would like to think. And I think that Embiid did improve as a playmaker last year. Um, but, like, I one example I would say is that Harden game-winning three against the Celtics in the corner. Like, that was because Embiid had a really, really good pass out of a double team. That is true. But I would also say that, like, just in general, I, I, I think Embiid has improved, and I think he has room for improvement even more, but so much of it is going to be the offensive sets that Nurse has in place. Like, we're just going to, we're not going to be a stagnant. We're going to need, need, need Harden to move off ball. It's just so difficult when you're giving it, 
you know, when you're giving the ball down to MB down low and Harden's just chilling at the half court line, like that's a four on five and that's not good numbers. Like we're going to need to have people just move around more and hopefully we're going to get more athletic in the offseason. Something's going to have to change because if we run it back as the way this team was, it's still not going to be enough. Um, but I, I think Embiid has room to improve as a playmaker, but I think Doc haltered it a lot because he let Embiid go into the sets that he's more comfortable with. And just like, it was just lazy offense a lot, especially when the playoffs came around. It was just lazy, lazy offense. We got bailed out so many times from Harden step back threes or Harden big point games. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Embiid just didn't give us what we needed when we needed it the most because he wasn't really needing to give it to us before. So it was just weird. So much of it's just Doc. He lets the egos be egos and let them try to do what they want to do rather than what is probably better for the team at that moment. Yeah, and I think there's so much like put on the regular season. like, And it's it's happened for a couple of years now. And I always, you know, I'm always the, oh, why are you so negative? We won 60 games. We won 55. We won whatever. Like two years ago, I didn't care about the regular season anymore. I don't care. I didn't care about it last right. year. I don't care about it this upcoming year. And yeah, you get you're so Joel Embiid's so good that he can destroy NBA teams every Monday night, every Wednesday night, every Friday night in a regular season. And but I'm looking for things that are gonna tell me that you can do something in the playoffs. And then the playoffs come around, and what you were doing in the regular season doesn't work because yeah, you're playing better coach teams that are flat out trying harder, and they they shut down your the one thing that you know, worked in the regular season and now you don't have a plan B. And that's kind of what Doc Rivers has done his whole career is crap out in the playoffs because it's a different game and he's never prepared for it. Exactly. I mean, that's all it was. And if you look back at the championship run that he had with Boston was like, dude, you you put together four dudes that were perfectly meshed together as players. Like, I mean, it was just the most perfectly created team. Yeah. So you could let those dudes do what they wanted. There was a lot of creativity uh, and movement in that offense, though, um, it, it just might have... I, I can't figure out where all of that went. Maybe Doc Rivers had nothing to do with it. Maybe it was that entire staff that put that together, and he just got the credit for it. Because then you see situations like what we just watched, which is, it just seems like he was the one that was in total control. And yeah, the playoffs are here, and it's just stagnant, no movement. Le- less movement than Brett Brown's offenses in, in, in Philly, which is just like, what? How did this happen? How would it go Way backwards? less creativity. Way less creativity than Brett Brown. I, I mean, I never, I was never a fan of Brett Brown, but I would give it to him that at least he had more ideas. So At least he told Ben Simmons to shoot the ball, kind of. Yeah, dude, he blasted him over the media. And then after <laughs> that, Ben was like, I'm done. But it's like... How dare you challenge me to improve my game? Yeah. So, uh, oh, I wanted to say this. Because I keep getting hit up by Raptors fans that are like, here's a narrative that people aren't talking about enough. What Raptors fans think is the that, minutes? yeah, they're like, oh, you're going to see your starters are going to play 70 minutes a game and he's not going to play any of the young guys and he's literally Doc Rivers 2.0 and you guys are acting excited and you shouldn't be excited and, uh, you know, he's just going to play the veterans. Like, I don't, uh, is that remotely true or is that just, the fact that that roster, let's be serious. After Kawhi left and Gasol and and everybody, that roster wasn't good. What was anybody going to do with that? Raptors fans started the season. They beat us in the first game of the season, I think, two years ago, and they started the season like two and zero or maybe three or four and zero. And they were talking about how they're going to be the second seed in the East. 
And we were laughing because we're like, dude, at the end of the day, it's a backup point guard, Fred Van Vliet, and Pascal Siakam, who was a great number two or three on that championship team. But that roster's not good. Well, what could Nick Nurse do with that roster, actually? Yeah, I mean, also, like, I am a firm believer that Nick Nurse probably does overplay his starters during the regular season. I mean, that is my only fear for him. But also, like, I mean, he let Kawhi chill and sit. Greg, you still here? Hello? We got no, uh, we got no camera feed. What the heck happened? Hold on a second. Where are we at, guys? We up? Like, we live? What's going on here? Yeah, we can hear you. We just can't see you. Uh, let me let me get you back on the screen here. You want to maybe like turn your camera off and back on? Is that a, is that a thing? Video on. <laughs> Where did Greg go? Now what? Can you still hear me? Greg, can you still hear me? Okay, Greg, disappear. All right, Greg, I'm going to send you a new link, bro. Chill out real quick. We're going to get you a new link and get you back on the screen. Uh, 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 uh. Let's see. Create room, run it back Philly. This won't take it. This will take a minute. Boom. Uh... Auto ad guess. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. Thank you all for hanging out. Thank you for having patience with the technical difficulties right here. We just got to send Greg this link. And he will be back on the screen. Call Greg. Maybe we should just... I sent you a new link on Twitter. Yeah, I'm gonna go right now. I'm gonna go on Chrome, see if it makes it better. All right. Greg Melly got kidnapped by Doc Rivers support team. Um, or by the Sixers front office because Greg's been out on the Sixers for seven months. Let's read the chat until Greg comes back. What's going on, everybody? Uh, do you think we get a second-round pick? They're talking about um, Daryl wants to purchase a second-round pick, which, uh, you know, how does that even really work? Uh, like, cash? I guess the Sixers organization is is like, hey, you can... Hey, Hell yeah, dude! back in the building. This is crazy. I don't know. I got to figure this out real quick. It's all right. Well, I'm using 
again, I'm using a lot of different things on OBS. I'm going to go back to StreamYard just for simplicity reasons yeah. uh, after this. But uh, anyway, Greg's back in the building. There's a question from the chat. Do you think we get a second-round pick? Have you? Did you hear that um, Daryl Moore is trying to purchase a second-round pick? That's what that's what they're saying? Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, it would, it would be weird not to. Like, it's not really that difficult to get a second-round pick, you know? Does he... Yeah, and and Maury's hit on uh honestly since he's been here, he's drafted well. Dude, he's nailed it. We've had great drafts, dude. We've yeah. had great drafts. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see Jaden Springer too. Pope Platinum, Platinum Beach, shout out to you for that. I'm excited to see Jaden Springer too. So there's an article that that uh uh by Kyle Numek that kind of just lists everything that's been happening, uh all the main things. So we're, we're gonna I'm just gonna look at the article and we'll go through it that way, just so you know, I didn't I can't really c- compile everything that, you know, all the main talking points that are going on. Um, but before we do that, this episode of Running Back Philly is brought to you by Factor Meals. Factor Meals is a food delivery service that delivers freshly prepared meals to your doorstep for as little as $11 a meal, prepared by a chef, fresh ingredients, never frozen at your doorstep. You pick it up, you go in your kitchen, you put it in the microwave, or you put it in the oven for 15 or 20, you're good to go. If you're on the go, like me, if you're going to the gym, you're going to work, maybe you're going to a second job, then you're doing YouTube streams, maybe you maybe you didn't get a chance to think about what you were going to eat because you were so excited because Running Back Philly's doing a show with Greg Melly at 9 o'clock. You got, st- you got a stack of factor meals in your refrigerator, bro. Bang. You just pop it in. You know what I mean? If you want to get healthier, stop eating all that junk. Now my camera turns off. If you want to get healthier, stop eating all that junk. Stop swinging into Arby's drive-thru because what the hell's in that roast beef? You know what I mean? Not roast beef. You can skip the grocery store. You can skip the kitchen and everything by going to factormeals.com. Get your diet together. Get back in the gym. Get healthier and live a better life. Yeah. Uh, factormeals.com slash run it back 50. You get 50% off your first box. That's factormeals.com slash run it back 50. 50% off your first box. Link is in the description. Thank you, Factor Meals, for sponsoring the channel. Uh, yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go straight down the article here by Kyle Newbeck. The Sixers are looking to buy a second round pick and more draft week intel. So he says, uh, a source familiar with Philadelphia's strategy. That's an interesting, that's a new one for me. A source familiar with Philadelphia's strategy. Told Philly Voice on Tuesday. Are we, are we Philadelphia's strategy? We are familiar with Philadelphia's strategy. I guess. Over the past couple of seasons. Uh, their strategy is tell us the same product and hope that something changes and hope the fan base didn't give up yet. Uh, it's getting close, though. I said last year was the last straw. I, I really think this one is the, is the last straw. Uh, we're exploring multiple options for a second-round pick. Most likely scenario is a simp- simply buy a second-round pick. Uh, source said the Sixers' ownership has given the green light to Daryl Morey to be aggressive in his attempts to get into the draft. There is some belief they could acquire a pick in the mid to late 40s and potentially add a future rotation player on a team friendly contract uh they've worked out some players some undrafted free agents and things like that i think whoever it is or whatever it is uh i definitely think we can say that at least this player might have a chance to show something a little bit more than you know young players had the chance with doc rivers um i know they you know nurse plays all of his 
his starters a lot of minutes, and that's what everyone you know keeps talking about. But you can look at guys like Scotty Barnes and some other young guys that got run that who knows if if they even get run uh, under Doc Rivers in. Jaden Springer, I think, could have been used last year. You know, he's got the size, he's got the body, he's got the defensive ability. He could have been used in Doc's just like, no thanks, and, you know, Isaiah Joe, no thanks, and Charles Bassey, no thanks. And so, you know, at least if we get into the second round, we're drafting a player that, you know, might play. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Nurse is more similar to Doc with that when it comes to, like, not playing young guys as much as they should. But I, I, I don't know, man. I, I would like to think that Springer gets some run this year. I think just defensively, he's good. I think he's like an NBA defender right now, which is good. We don't really have a lot of that. And I, and I do think like a rotation of like Harden, if he stays, Maxie, uh, Springer, and Melton as like four guards. Are, it's a good rotation. That's a pretty good rotation. I love DeAnthony Melton. I think he's was huge. It would have been nice if he hit one of those four <laughs> wide open threes. But nice, even he, came close. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was what the hell was that, DeAnthony? I've been having your back since you were in Memphis. At even at USC, I liked you, and then you really made me look like a clown there. But um, I I think that's a, a really good like defensive offensive unit we have in those four. So I mean we'll see. You know I don't know I. I would like to. I w- we we have to get a wing. We just have to get a dude who's like six eight and can run. That's all we need, dude. Is that J- is that McDaniel's? Yeah, I think McDaniel's is staying. I would be really really surprised if he went elsewhere. That would be an insane trade if he doesn't resign. <laughs> that would be insane, insane if he doesn't come back to Philadelphia. Were you surprised that he ended up getting no playoff run at all? Like towards the end there, more um, than anything. More than anything, that was the most surprising thing of mine. Because I'm like, dude, he's he's so he's good. He's a good basketball player. He's six nine, runs the floor well. He shoots above average from three for the most part. He's around average, but he's a good defender and he's just a rebounder. And he's I was very surprised, you know. I remember I when know. we were. I remember when the rumor came out that we were trading Matisse Thybul for him. And I made a joke. I was like, watch us trade Matisse Thibel for Jalen McDaniels and Doc Rivers doesn't even play him. And everybody laughed. But I was I, I started to learn that like every time I make a joke of something that sounds like it's impossible, it actually happens. And it actually happened. And it took him a while. He played him in the beginning. And it looked like, oh, look at this guy. He's doing a end-to-end. He gets a steal or a rebound, runs the other end, does a Euro-step finish through traffic and one. And we're like, oh, look, we, Matisse could never do that. Thank God we made this trade. And then he ends up, you know, just completely falling out of the rotation. And, yeah, I think it's just Doc didn't let players get in a rhythm. He didn't give them consistent minutes, consistent roles. He threw them around in different lineups all the time. And so a guy like Jalen McDaniels, again, he's not a shot creator. He's not a guy that's going to create an offense. And he just had to kind of like try to do things on the fly. And that can make a player look a lot worse than they really are. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know the prospects in the NBA draft this year. I I really don't. I don't know anything about it. Like six. I the top six to like nine, if that, I don't really know much. Um, but I would like the Sixers to look for a flyer who's just an athlete right now and has chances to grow in other aspects of the game. But really all we need is a three and D dude. I know that's a lot to ask for in an NBA draft, but the Sixers yeah. just need to find like a forward who can run and be Jalen McDaniels. And maybe so dunk, maybe dunk on someone, maybe dunk that on somebody. Cool. When's the last time that a Sixers cool. player dunked a basketball? Um, <laughs> 
was it oh three? Andre, I think Andre Iguodala dunk contest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was it. Yeah, no. AI, little AI was the last dude we had who dunked. Oh, that's just another thing, dude. It's like, god damn, they're so not fun to watch. And we're joking, by the way. Obviously, there were some dunks last year, but oh, like in the grand scheme of things, they were just the slowest, most unathletic yeah. team. I don't even know if I'm joking. There I was there was hardly there was hardly ever that play that was just like bang oh the crowd goes crazy the bench erupts like there was hardly ever that play. Yeah, there's and that's been the case for a long time, dude. Like that's really been the case for a long time. That was I I honestly we haven't had those moments since the season that we lost to the Hawks before Ben Simmons had his like mental breakdown. <laughs> He used to dunk on people. Well, not on yeah. not on people, beside people or around people. Yeah, sometimes, dude. Sometimes Ben Simmons could throw one down on a dude. I think his only poster was on uh, Tyler Johnson. Which was a sick poster. Though. Yeah, take that, Tyler Johnson. Everyone remembers that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so speaking of slow and boring, do you want James Harden to come back to the Sixers? Like, straight up, do you want him back? If you had the choice, do you want James Harden back? Hell no. <laughs> Good Lord, no. And I understand it from, like, a basketball perspective that, like, yeah, he's probably – it's probably better for the Sixers to bring him back, but I don't care. I, I don't care. I don't I don't want to watch James Harden play basketball anymore. I don't want to pretend like I'm a fan of him. I don't want to pretend like I'm rooting for him. I despise him. He's so annoying. He's so hard to watch play basketball. And he's even harder to support. And somehow his fan base on Twitter is even worse than the Sixers fan base or the Nuggets fan base. Like Harden fanboys are just as bad as Swipe of fanboys. Oh, yeah. They are. They are. I think It's brutal, dude. His brand of basketball is brutal. I get it. He's still really good. He's good. He's a very good basketball. Like, I get it. That's sick. So cool, dude. But, he, <laughs> bro, he 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 can't. He's not gonna get any better, and he is not a playoff guy, and he's just not good for this team. And I don't want him around anymore. And like the whole like, oh, it's gonna be a team friendly deal, bro. If we're not paying that man three million dollars a season, whatever. I don't care. Pass. Hard pass. I want to say this. I'm so down bad. I'm so down bad. I would trade Harden for like Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> I think you get a player that plays that can play more in, inside of an offense, uh, in, in yeah, a system, he's play gonna a role. Play harder. He's gonna at least Probably try. play harder. He's play defense. Yeah. Look, yeah, I, the, I, the, I, the 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 Harden fan, the Harden stands. They they get really mad. Uh, and I thought game six and game seven was the final straw for anybody like the, but, but it, it never shocked me, you know, what people, the lengths people go to, to defend people. Like I just had someone defending, you know, trying to tell me that Tobias Harris is worth the contract that he's on. You never know what you're going to find on the internet is what I'm saying. But I want to say this yeah. about, about James Harden to the fanboys. And this might be true. Once the rule changed. And they stopped calling a foul every time this guy leans in and hooks an arm and throws the ball straight into the rafters and screams. Once they started not calling those, his game went away. It went away. Now, he played a lot better of a point guard role in Brooklyn. 
uh, you know, with with KD and and, and Kyrie or, or without them for a lot of the time. But uh, so maybe with other star players and he doesn't have to be a scoring threat or he doesn't have to be a, a one of the top scoring threats. He can be very valuable, and that might be the case, but the Sixers don't have that. The Sixers don't have a Kevin Durant and a Kyrie Irving on the team around him. Uh, when he's on this team, he, he's one of the major scoring threats, and I think ever since that rule change and ever since you know, he just lost his natural athleticism because he never really worked to maintain it, he, he would come in. like You, you can't fluctuate weight the way the guy has and, and be a high-level professional athlete with longevity. It just doesn't work that way. You Look at LeBron James' workout regimen – to be at that level for that long. You got to be serious about your physical fitness if you want to be an M- uh, a star level NBA player into your mid 30s. It just is the way it is. And James Harden is not focused on his physical fitness. He never has been. He never will be. The problem now is that his game, not just the calls from the officials, but his endurance level is not what it used to be, but he tries to play the same style of ball. And it becomes glaringly obvious that you can't do it anymore. And then it becomes like embarrassing kind of as he's driving to the rim and guys are just standing there with their arms straight up and he doesn't know what to do. And he, it looks like he can't even get off the ground. And it's like, I, 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 my God, man, I just think it's over. I really do. And I think if you bring him back, then Tyrese Maxey has to be a 27 point per game superstar for this team to have a chance at a championship. Cause if you're relying on James Harden to carry you in the playoffs, not only back then it wasn't going to happen, but now it's definitely, it's just not going to happen. I don't, I'm not seeing it at all. I wish I yeah. was more, po- I wish I was more positive about it. The epitome of James Harden is when he got a technical foul called on him for flailing because he thought he got fouled in that Celtic series and hitting the dude in the face and getting a flagrant foul. <laughs> like, that's just the epitome of James Harden. Because he's, it wasn't it wasn't intentional. It was not an intentional hit to the face, but it wasn't a natural basketball move. So they watched the replay, yeah. and they were like, well, why'd you throw your arms backwards? Yeah, he's a clown, dude. He's a clown. <laughs> I, I mean, he's very good. Harden is still a fringe all-star, maybe an all-star, really. But And, he, you know, he fills a lot of needs the Sixers need. Like, the Sixers need passing. We need a creator, and Harden can do that, but... At a really high level, too. And the pick and roll really works sometimes with him and Embiid. Like, I understand all the pros of bringing him back. But I just don't like him anymore. And, like, for the first time as a fan, I'm just like, I don't want to watch him play. I don't want to root this dude on knowing the outcome is going to be the same every single year. And it it doesn't even matter. Like, the Sixers are going to be good in the regular season. They're going to be fine. The Sixers have been one of the best teams in the NBA over the last five years in the regular season, every single season. But it's like, I don't care anymore. I don't care. I just want to see them reach a conference finals. I just want to see them beat a team they should beat. I just want to see them, like, fight. That's all. Like, you know what? People give P.J. Tucker a lot of shit, and I understand it. Shoot the damn ball. Shoot the ball. Right. But I love (laughs) P.J. Tucker. I love him, dude. He's a you know, fighter. You know who's the only dude that showed up in that game seven in that first quarter? He hit three threes. You know, like yeah. PJ Tucker's a dude that's not going to shy away and he's going to fight. And when he gets an N1 or MB got an N1 in game six or game five, he was like, he got in his face and was like, there you go, dude. Like, he's a dog. And you know what? We're, we're probably overpaying him, but he's the only dude on the team that's going to fight and claw for every possession. And that's fine. That's that's an overpay I can deal with, but if we're gonna give Harden a hundred million dollars, I'm not gonna be okay with that because the guy doesn't care and he has no fight in him and he's just never proved to be good at well, anything. He, he <laughs> he's never proved to be good at anything. 
He's, wow. He's so brutal. He's so good at what he wants to be good at, but he just picks and chooses, and he's a quitter, dude. He's such a quitter. And Embiid, a, a stud, a star, superstar, but he has quitter energy in him too. Uh-huh. And to match those two dudes together is just genuinely asinine. It's insane. So hopefully Nick Nurse, if Harden comes back, can come in and just make James Harden hate him so much that he tries to be like, all right, dude, you think you're the man? Like, let me let me do what you want to do. And, oh, shit, we just won 60 games and we're, like, good and prime for a playoff position? Oh, dude, we're in the Eastern Conference Finals? That's crazy. Maybe I was wrong for my entire career. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. I don't – it just doesn't – it just doesn't feel like it makes sense with Nick Nurse. He doesn't run an offense that's centered around a point guard dribbling the air out of the ball and – that style of ball ended up not working at all anyway for his entire career. Yeah, they got close. Maybe Daryl Morey trying to f- play Chris Paul alongside him and then Russell Westbrook alongside him. That was obviously wasn't going to work. And Chris Paul got hurt, and he always got hurt. Uh, so that's a chance that you took. But that style of just, hey, drop a 60-point triple-double, 65% usage rate, everything revolves around you. You have the ball the entire game. We're just going to stand on the three-point line and shoot threes, and partially because D'Antoni thought the Warriors' style of play was the future, and this is what you have to do now. you got to shoot 55 threes to win the game. Turns out you got to have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson on your team for that to really you know, be the answer. Uh, I just That style of basketball never really worked. It was it made a lot of money. It made James Harden a star. It made Daryl Morey's career. It made, it made a lot of things happen, and it sold a lot of tickets and jerseys. But it didn't win anything. And Nick Nurse has two championships in the British League, a championship in the G League, a championship in the NBA, and he didn't get those by running an offense around one guy at a 60% usage rate. And you know what I mean? Just like it, it, it just doesn't make sense to me, James Harden, in a Nick Nurse offense. Yeah. Or I mean, defense. I'm, yeah, defensively, it's more interesting <laughs> offense than offense. I mean, offense – most coaches will revolve around what their star players are good at naturally. You know, you want to make the most out of them. Um, but defensively, I'm so intrigued to see how Harden interacts in his zone defense. I don't know if James Harden has played zone defense since high school. So, like, I'm interested to see. Because Nick Nurse is, like, notorious for running zone defense, which I love because it is coming back and it works. Eric Spolstra does it to a T. And Nick Nurse murdered the Sixers every single year with it. So, and that's one thing Doc never did until at points in the playoffs when it worked. So I'm like, you know what, dude? Like, let's go. Like, let's run some two-three zone. Let's run some three-two zone. Like, let's do some weird shit on defense. And Nick Nurse is a weird dude. So like, I'm with that. But like, my thing about Harden. So many people. Like, I just saw it in the the chat, which reminded me of it. But people are like, you know, when Harden's bad, he's still dishing out like etc rebounds and etc assists like sick dude sick he's gonna put up <laughs> assists he's gonna get rebounds and they're gonna be empty as all hell the dude has no flow when he's off when he's off he destroys the entire offense he's the most self-sabotaging self-destructive player that i've seen on an nba roster since ben simmons yeah it, other other players have such trouble fitting around it it looks like when he gets stuck in a situation where he doesn't know what to do nobody knows what to do and yeah, the whole thing's nobody's done. Gonna, like, what are we? Uh, there's just like, I, I'm so sick and tired of the Harden ISO with 11 seconds left for a buzzer beater shot clock violation shot. And I'm like, dude, we couldn't have 
done anything better than this. Like, this is what we're <laughs> doing. He drives me insane. He is such a volatile player offensively that if he's not doing it his way, it's just not going to work. And I, I hate it. I well, Nick, hate Nur- Nick Nurse is, is known for ball movement, uh, off ball movement, and ball sharing, shooting off the catch. And, you know, he, when he was first, when he was assistant in Toronto, he was credited for adding more movement and three point shooting to the offense. And then he was promoted to head coach and won a championship his first year. I, it just doesn't make sense to me that, that Harden's going to come back and, and with a coach that his entire thing is movement and ball movement and catching and shooting. That's not James Harden's game. He tried, apparently, he tried to do catch and shoot more last year. And they're like, look, but then he complained about it. Like that's I know. The, like then he complained, and then at the end of the series, this versus Boston that he lost, he was like, he basically threw Doc Rivers under the bus and was like, I wanted to play this brand of basketball, and he didn't let me. I'm like, yeah, dude, he probably had a point. <laughs> like, catch <laughs> yeah. and shoot, you're gonna be open. Like I don't understand why you want to take the more difficult shot every single goddamn time. And like, yeah, dude, Harden popped off in two games against Boston. So if he Sick. didn't like, so if he didn't like what Doc Rivers was trying to run, how's he gonna like what Nick Nurse is trying to run? That's what I'm confused about. I don't get it. I don't. Neither do I. But I, I think it's a great step. It's a great step getting Nick Nurse. I love. And, it. and what is if anybody's gonna light a fire underneath him? It's gonna be Nick Nurse because Nick Nurse is just as arrogant and and stubborn as. Harden. What is a team-friendly contract exactly? Because he gave us one of those a couple years ago, right? When he first signed the extension or whatever it was, he apparently yeah. he took a pay cut so that we could go overpay PJ Tucker and Daniel House Jr. Uh, but I think Harden... I will say, though, Daniel House had a good series against Boston as well, and he should have played more. Doc Rivers played him, and he played great throughout the he series, did. and then Game 7, he didn't put him in until we were down by 111 points. Yep, he went so right back to I, George I, Niang. Yeah, exactly. And I will say Daniel House and PJ Tucker were I would say positives as as a, as an overall on the season. Well, I I, I, I will th- go down. I will go down on and die on the PJ Tucker hill. People hate him, but I love that dude. I love that dude. I'm going to predict that Harden doesn't come back to Philly because he took a pay cut the last time around. If there's one thing James Harden loves, Look, this is a guy who has his jersey retired in a strip club because he spent $1 million in one night in a strip club. I don't know how that's possible to spend $1 million in a strip club. But this is a guy that, whether people like when I say it or not, he loves money. You know what I mean? He gives his little baby's birthday. Does he give him a... Does he give him a, a gift, like an actual gift? No, he gives him a duffel bag full of like hundreds of thousands of dollars and then like a Rolex that little baby probably already has. You know what I mean? It's just like they love this money. Like, look at my money, and I'm going to give my friend that has money more money so that you can video it and put it on the internet so everyone knows we have money. And look at this watch, and look at this. He loves money. I don't see him being interested in taking a pay cut to help the Philadelphia 76ers Again, if he doesn't do it now, though, you never will. Like, I think he wants that. Well, I think, yeah, but I think he knows his career is about to be over and he not about to be over, but in the next, you know, I think he knows he's on the second half of his career and he, yeah, wa- he, is, he wants that next big contract. This is his, this is going to be his last big deal. He wants that next big contract. And listen, we can't rule out a level of delusion here too. 
I think James Harden might actually think he's still a superstar level and he can't accept the fact that he's not. He can't accept the fact that he's not. And that's why he started to blame, oh, well, the coach's system and I didn't get to play the way I wanted to play and all of these things. And like he might just take whoever offers him the biggest contract because he he still thinks he's worth it. Yeah, I I think that he's going to come back, unfortunately. And I think all of this is a ploy for him to make more money. Like, I think all of it was, like, created, be like, oh, Houston's willing to do this, this, and this for me. Like, I'm going to have to get that from so, Philly. But it died very quickly. And now it's, like, it's you can tell it's quickly shifting to, like, oh, team-friendly deal. Harden's, like, looking forward to, like, doing things for the Sixers to help them improve as a roster. It's all bullshit. <laughs> I think all of it's bullshit. I think Harden's bullshit. I think everything he says is a joke. <laughs> I think he's just a liar. So you think I, he I, was just trying to run up the price and then he realized that, that nobody's actually going to pay that? Yeah, no. And, I mean, I think that happens a lot. Like, I, I think it's a very popular thing, and I respect it. Whatever, do your thing. But, yeah, I don't think it's real. I don't think, like, I think it's all smoke in the water. Yeah, hit the like button. Yeah. 275 in here. Give me 200. Give us 275 likes, man. What's up? Uh, let's get, let's get, uh, so that, that was, uh, that was great. It was a good segment on Harden. We needed to get that out. Um, I'm interested in, in what the deal could possibly be. You know what I mean? There's a number that, you know, it it can't be, I think it has to be shorter years because you don't know how much this guy has left and you can't be, you can't be like, I don't want to see 37 year old James Harden. If he, if he looked what he just looked like in the playoffs at not even 33. No. I mean, what do you, what would you imagine? Like, a three-year, $90 million contract with, like, a player option for the third year? Uh, in a perfect like, world, I'd say two years. <laughs> right. No, I mean, I would, too. But even so, that does still seem like a lot. But it doesn't. It seems like he's going to get more than it regardless. So, like, I don't know, man. I He just frustrates me. And I just I don't want to be a frustrated fan. So I just would rather not have him. But then it comes down to, like, he's probably the best free agent available. At some point, I would have to go through the list truly to be like who is the best available. But like to fit the Sixers roster right now, Harden's probably as good as it can possibly get for us, which is a shame. But it it, it it's you know the Sixers have to be a little bit desperate. All right, maybe that. maybe I can be positive right now. The way that it can work with James Harden on the Sixers team as the starting point guard is the offense by Nick Nurse is not predicated on. James Harden, Joel Embiid, one-man game, two-man game, ISO, pick-and-roll, ISO, pick-and-roll, ISO, pick-and-roll. There's actually a system that includes Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey takes a major step forward, becomes a NBA All-Star. This is this is the this is what I'm saying is the only way that this could work. Tyrese Maxey becomes an NBA All-Star, averages 26.7 points per game in the regular season, and James Harden plays a lesser role. I think that's the only way that it actually ends up working and getting you farther than you got last season because the ultimate goal is to get farther than you got last season, and they haven't done that since 2001. So, Yeah, and I would imagine Harden in his perfect role. If you look at it, when he went to the finals, he was the number three option, like the very clear number three option, and he was an off-ball guy who could catch and shoot, and like Harden's a great shooter. He still is a great shooter. He had an improved season last year from the year before three-point shooting. So, like, Maxi has to be the point guard, and Harden just has to relax, just has to chill out and stop doing so many 
brutal isolations because you're not 19 anymore, dude, and right. you're as fast as I am. Yeah, and that's not good. <laughs> yeah, we got to minimize the isolations for sure. Kyle Newbeck throws this out for us. Um, Sixers big man Montrez Harrell has a decision to make by Wednesday <laughs> on his player option for next season, valued at slightly under 2.8 million. Uh, I'm saying that if I'm Montrez Harrell, I'm I think obviously by uh, opting into 2.8 million dollars because I mean he wasn't even in the rotation the second half of the year last year and maybe he could blame that on the system a little bit or Doc Rivers or something like that but I don't think Montrez Harrell has much of anything left to give to the NBA for whatever reason he's not even really that old he just looks like he can't really jump anymore not that he could ever really defend he was just always like a fighter and a hard worker but yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I think, I think Montrez Harold, you know, opt in, take your money, and I don't know what the Sixers do with him. Trade him on that expiring contract or something. Throw him into a package of Tobias Harris to get him out of here. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, you would imagine Harold is just a, a guy who they can trade if he returns. Like they're not going to utilize him. I mean, Paul Reed solidified himself as the backup five for the Sixers for sure. No thanks to Doc Rivers again. I mean, he did nothing to stumble <laughs> upon a good basketball player. It just was no. forced his way. So, like, you know, I mean, I, I, a part of me maybe thinks Harrell will opt out to find a worse team he can play on and, like, revitalize something and then actually get paid. But a part of me is, like, he may not even get a deal elsewhere. So, yeah, you know. So Tobias Harris, uh, do you think this is the, the – he, he, do you think he finally gets traded? When is my deadline? Or do you think the Sixers do the the unthinkable and actually see out the entire contract when really, like, in year two, we knew it was a bad contract? Uh, Let's revisit history with Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey sat on Ben Simmons for a long time, despite everything saying, trade him now, trade him now, trade him now. Um. When he had when he actually had a little bit of value left, yeah, he sat on him until he had none left. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, I I, I still think retrospect the trade was a pretty good deal. I mean, we didn't really get rid of anything at all. Actually, we got rid of a dude who is Ben Simmons. Who I don't is he still in the NBA? And then <laughs> uh, and then Andre is Ben Drummond, Simmons in the who, NBA? You know, yeah, that's a quick. Hey Siri, is Ben Simmons still in the NBA? Um, oh, he has some we, new workout videos. He has some oh, new offseason. Yeah, he looks so big, too. His free throws are going to be cash because of those muscles, dude. Do you know what I love? I love when people send me a photo or a video of a player in, like, perfect lighting, and they don't understand that muscle definition is obviously, like, all about lighting. And they'll be like, look at him, he's ripped. And I'm like, bro, he's just in... <laughs> they showed me it's a... It's also a still photo. Some... taking still photos from a dude who is mentally incapable of playing a sport. Somebody sent me a picture of Chet Holmgren in perfect lighting like light cut like natural light coming through a window of him and him holding two dumbbells and they're like look how much muscle he put on i'm like no right. it's just and, then, <laughs> and then on the bottom it's like edited by sports fred like yeah <laughs> dude it's, it's awesome I, I hope his muscles help his ankles from being on his feet and legs oh man but yeah. um i i think tobias oh man i think tobias is gonna get traded i don't think I, I, I'm 50-50 on a trade, that, like a, 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 a draft night trade. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. It's it's more likely than not that he is a sixer by the season's start. Damn it. Damn it! 
But also, though, like, he kind of traded Danny Green. Like, Maury moved Danny Green. He attached the first-round pick, though. Wait, no, no, no. Wait, no, no, no. no. You're right. You're right. He traded. No, he traded Horford in a first for Danny Green when he first got here. No, but he did did trade Danny Green in, like, that early second or late first-round pick for DeAnthony Melton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was true. That was. Which I love. That that was our first. That was our first round pick of last year's draft. Was it a first rounder? Yeah, that was a first rounder of last year's draft. Yep, we didn't. We didn't. I don't think we made a draft pick last year. He traded the 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 only pick we had for DeAnthony Melton. Right, I loved it, but I, I mean, maybe, 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 maybe he's trying to buy into the second round and add that to a move or something. But I I just don't know. Like I just don't see it. And maybe the 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 trade has nothing to do with the draft at all. Like maybe it's just a, a trade that's on draft night, but I I just don't see it. Like Maury is just so patient. Like if he doesn't think that the deal is going to make us better, he's just not going to do it. He's just not going to do it. But if you want like, to, if but if you want to, what's up? If you want to build a deeper roster, you kind of have to. Like I don't think you can. You can't do it again and have forty million dollars in Tobias Harris again. No, yeah, of course, but I. I I just don't like the Sixers aren't going to have cap space regardless if we move him for the offseason. So it's like he I, I I think that if we don't bring back like two playable dudes or one playable guy at least one playable guy, he's not going to make the deal. Mori just he is so patient. He's always so patient. Like he, that's one thing he showed with like Ben Simmons. He did he moved him when he wanted to move him. He didn't let anything bother him. Like Ben Simmons wasn't playing basketball, and he was like, "I don't give a shit, dude. And- like I don't care." <laughs> the like, whole I, yeah, the whole city was did. like, "How do you how are you gonna keep a guy that's not playing?" And he was like, "We could sit here all season." That's literally what he yeah. said on the radio. I dude, I love Maury. Like I think he's done a <laughs> fine job. Like sure, I would have loved for him to get rid of Rivers a year prior. I mean, two years before, but yeah, you know, I think yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I think uh, I don't think you've he's had a, done a I, good job, yeah. man. Maury's done a good job. He's drafted well and he's made good trades. He has. McDaniel I, I, I is think, a good basketball player. There's I, only so much a GM can do. I think he could have got. I think he's sat on Ben Simmons too long, and he was a little too obsessed with James Harden and waited for the James Harden deal versus some other things that probably were out there and that, that aren't confirmed to have been out there, but probably were out there. Uh, the Halliburton healed thing, and and you know you keep then you keep your two first round picks that you gave up in the Simmons trade, and you know things like that. But uh, but who knows if Halliburton and Maxi work together? I don't know. You know what I mean? But but yeah. I, but even then, like Harden came off a borderline MVP season with Brooklyn, and like he's talent wise the best player we've ever put alongside Embiid. And Halliburton was still very uncertain. He was a good player, but he wasn't Kings Halliburton. He was not this level of basketball yet. And like I understand why he did it. I really I get it. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't think it was a bad trade, but he got what he wanted. And I don't. He's gonna wait until he gets what he wants with Harris, or he's just not gonna move him. He doesn't. He doesn't give a shit. He, he looks. <laughs> he's an analytical dude who sees value more than anything. He sees what's the best value I can do with this spot on a roster. And if Tobias Harris is a better basketball player than or a better fit or a better need for the Sixers than like a, a trade that's being offered to him, then he's just going to keep Tobias. And I hate, I don't like Tobias Harris. And like, I understand he's good at basketball because he is, but he's not $40 million good. No. And that's like, that's why Philly hates him so much. And it's not even really his fault. He went out and got paid a lot of money. So like, good for him. You know what I mean? But 
he just doesn't fit the Sixers at all, like even slightly. It is kind he, of his fault, though. His effort on the floor absolutely sucks a lot. Yeah, but he he was decent defensively. Like he wasn't bad this past playoffs for the most part, and defensively he's picked it up. He defensively really he's good. picked it up. You're right. Second, and like that's what we need. But like he's just so unathletic. It's like putrid to watch. But is he though? Because sometimes he just drives the baseline and dunks on somebody, and we're like, where the fuck was that the whole season? Yeah, but he's so stiff, dude. He <laughs> looks like a goddamn robot. Like, it's never fluid. It never looks He good. does look it like a robot. Weird. Yeah, it's just so... Ugh. He just looks so ugly doing everything. And his jump shot is so ugly. And his feet and his, <laughs> the balance he has none, none of. And he's so slow, but he's not tall enough to play four or athletic enough. And he's just like, I would rather have Jalen McDaniels out there who is a fucking wild card and may do some ridiculous shit on the court. Than have Tobias Harris. Right, I love, game. dude. I was, I love that lineup of 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 uh, McDaniel's, Paul Reed, and and uh, Daniel House Jr. Like, I felt like somebody yeah. was go- it's, at any moment somebody could have got punched in the face. And that's you had no idea what was going to happen, dude. That's a great feeling. <laughs> These dudes are just running around. They look like chickens without heads, and that's just fun. Tobias looks right. like he has too many heads on his body. That he's just overthinking everything. He has like 11 million heads just all calculating if he should shoot this shot. And then by the time he's like, I should shoot it, they're like, oh, cool. It was three minutes ago. <laughs> so do you he's think it's that Tobias doesn't fit this Sixers team or that, like, is it just Tobias doesn't fit anything? Because is he a three or is he a four? What is what is Tobias Harris? Dude, I have no idea. I wish I could <laughs> tell you what it is. Tobias scored two points in a playoff game. Bro, two points. That's two more points than Embiid scored against Nick Nurse's Toronto Raptors. That is true. That is true. That is true. That is true. I mean, Embiid is a glaring issue, too. He has his issues, but it's just like, at least he's good at basketball. Tobias can't do anything. Tobias is so brutal to watch. Like, I really despise watching him play. So, but I, never but, watched, I mean, he's just—he's just so stiff, man. He's so in his head, and it's like—it's not fun. Relaxed. It's not fun to watch. No, he's not. It's impossible to enjoy watching him play basketball. Yeah, that's all I want. You know what I mean? I think I'm coming to the realization: the Sixers are never going to win. I just want to be entertained, and this isn't entertaining anymore. That's what I'm saying with Harden, <laughs> dude. Let him walk. I don't care. I just want to enjoy. I want to watch games with a smile on my face. Right. Feels like it's been so long. Like, and the only games that we have smiles on our faces are when Tyrese Maxey is just like playing like a little kid and he's just being the man. Yes. Or like we have some bench dude step up. It's just been so frustrating. Yeah. Well, listen, Greg, this was fun, man. This was a lot of fun. We're going to do our best to do this every Tuesday night. The beard and the stash. Hell yeah. Uh, Run it back Philly and Sixers, Greg. Thank you all for coming through and hanging out with us and, and chopping it up. Uh, 300 people hung out with us and listened to us. So, you know, we're going to try to do this every Tuesday night. Stay up on the social medias. Follow Run It Back Philly on all social media. Follow Sixers Greg on Twitter. Um, and, yeah, we're going to keep it going all off season, man. Even in, even in, like, August when – even in, like, September when there's nothing to be talking about, we're going to be here talking about nothing for you. Yeah. For the people. FTP, baby. Every- and we're going to come back with better Wi-Fi next week. That's the goal. 
Who knows what happens, dude? I, I paid Comcast the extra 13 bucks a month for the fastest internet, and sometimes it doesn't work at all, literally. And then, dude, two months ago, they took $300 out of my bank account. I have no idea why. And I never even called them to figure out why. I do have two like Comcast boxes in my one closet that I never returned. It might have they might have just finally charged me for those. I'm not sure. But either way, you know, like who knows? You can pay for the best of the best, and and it just doesn't work, dude. It sucks. Everything sucks. But anyway, uh, yeah, a Sixers fan. That's <laughs> right from a Sixers fan's mouth. That's beautiful. Yeah, maybe Streamyard's the move next week. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm gonna go Streamyard. It's just easier. It's just it just is, yeah. man. All right, bro. Thank you so much for coming through. And we're like I said, we're gonna continue to do this. Stay tuned, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with us. Peace. We're out of here. Stop.